Welcome to the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. In this podcast, we will be speaking with various real estate and business professionals about real estate investing, entrepreneurship, and financial freedom. So, if you're interested in learning about real estate investing, then stay tuned and be sure to take advantage of the free tips and strategies that will be shared by our weekly guests. And now, your host, Penny Lubinsky. Welcome to the Real Estate Ventures Podcast. I'm your host, Penny Lubinsky, and today we have a special guest, Vadim Ray. Vadim was born in Ukraine, raised in Los Angeles, became a naval officer in 2015, started in real estate in 2018 with single family, eventually moving on to a duplex, and then 23 units in a syndication deal, and then other larger syndication deals afterwards. He eventually started his own property management company and is just all of a sudden exploding in the real estate world. Vadim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Penny. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you on. Why don't we start with the very beginning? What was your life like before real estate and what led you down this path? Well, life before real estate, it was dark and gloomy. <laughs> no, uh, so I'm active duty Navy and I've uh, been in the Navy six, just over six years now. And uh, I had a lot of people who re recommended getting into real estate. Um, in the military, we have what's called the VA loan. And it's a loan that we can use to put 0% down on a primary residence. And we can use that several times throughout our careers. And the general recommendation was just, hey, buy a house every time you move to a new duty station and build your real estate portfolio that way and tack that on to whatever retirement you have um, building up in your TSP or your pension plan. So I looked into that, got my first place back in 2018. And... I started realizing that there's, if, if that's the equation to get pretty decent retirement uh, within 15, 20, 30 years, how do I speed that up? Can I speed that up? I started looking further into real estate and realized there's this whole thing called multifamily. And it's really just that. It's uh, you scale up from residential. So I jumped into that at the end of, what was that, 2019? Yeah, August of 2019. And I haven't looked back since. Cool. And when you're in the um, military, like, is this something that they teach you and educate you about real estate? Or is it just like this, this concept that exists that you have to research on your own? And like, you know, this is just there for you. This is all self, well, in a way, self-taught, self-motivated. The military does not really teach us how to utilize real estate for uh, building wealth, building generational wealth. I learned a lot of this looking through uh, bigger pockets, through active duty passive income, which is another group that's kind of like bigger pockets, but it's military focused. And actually, uh, active duty passive income, ADPI, they're the ones that taught me about multifamily investing. They have a whole investing education program. I jumped into that and took off from there. You know, it's, it's actually quite interesting. I'm thinking now as you're speaking, like you're not the first um, active duty military that's joined this podcast. And like when you go to meetups or wherever it may be, you're seeing, I'm seeing at least a lot of uh, active duty or, or you know, uh, retired military that are in real estate, specifically multifamily real estate. I am not sure, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, is, is there something with the like the discipline that 
the, the discipline, the, the work ethic that is taught and, and sort of like cultivated in the military that helps people be successful in this multifamily game. Because I feel like, you know, multifamily is not easy and a lot of people start and then drop out. They're not successful. You know, it takes a certain amount of commitment. It takes a certain, you know, quality, this type of work ethic that's required to be successful. Like, do you think there's any common denominator or do you think it's just by chance? I think there's absolutely a common denominator and, and part of it is, I think it starts with the fact that we are moving every two to five years, uh, depending on where we are in the military structure. And inherently we're constantly uh, reviewing how we're spending our money, um, making sense of whether we should be renting, whether we should be buying a place, always thinking about when that retirement will finally arrive. And along the way, we're either taught or we're practicing our diligence, our uh, understanding of procedures, our understanding of being committed uh, and actually practicing all of that. So I think when we finally commit ourselves to a path, whether that's multifamily investing, whether that's a different business venture, uh, anything in life, we get focused. And with that focus inherently comes discipline and we we see, set our sights on the goal and we get after it. Yeah, no, it's, it's remarkable. And like, I just, I see it over and over again. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Is there some like common thread here? It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so something I wanted to touch on was in your, in the bio that you sent me before the podcast, and I didn't read through the whole thing. You talk about um, sort of like your family, where your family was at, you know, it was early stages. You lived near a wealthy community, but your family never actually was uh, wealthy. And um, but one thing that they did always show you was support growing up and, you know, they always was, was all for like, you know, give it your all and you got this and just like this self-belief kind of thing. Um, wh what kind of role did that play in, you know, building the real estate um, portfolio and just getting on this new venture? Great question. Yeah, my family has always been very supportive of anything I've set my sights on and they've uh, simply just been supportive. That, that's all you can really ask from uh, anybody in your family is just providing that pretty much unconditional support. And they've always provided uh, that along with love and warmth. And that was uh, more than plenty uh, vice, like you had mentioned, I, I grew up in uh, a wealthy part of LA and I, I was surrounded by ridiculous amounts of money that I had no access to. Uh, and, and those, uh, those families, uh, they struggled with their lives uh, in a way that my family did not in terms of that love and support and warmth. So I've always been grateful to have that. Uh, and now that I've uh, started building my multifamily portfolio and career, my family doesn't fully understand it, but they see it working and they're they're hundred uh, percent behind me and, and rooting for me the whole way. Right. That's, that's super cool. And I'm curious, like what your thoughts would be if somebody doesn't have that, like if somebody's, you know, say married or, you know, single or whatever it is, and their parents are not supportive or they're married and their spouse just doesn't understand the real estate game. Like they don't understand, like, why are you putting in all these hours into something that takes a while for you to see the fruits. It takes a while for you to see, you know, the actual cash flow that comes out. It's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, 
So for people that are listening that are not seeing that support from a spouse or from a parent, like, what would you, what would you say? Like, is that like a make it or break it? Or like, what do you do then? That's another great question. I think you, you absolutely need some sort of support and it depends. Obviously everyone's situation is different, whether you derive most of your support from your family, that's your blood family or your chosen family, right? Uh, your family can be either one of those, a combination of the two. I certainly am grateful to have support from my blood family as well as my chosen family, the tribes that I'm a part of uh, through different masterminds, through friends outside of those masterminds. Uh, it's, you get to choose your support circle as well. So if your blood family doesn't support you, that's okay. You know, find that support circle that will empower you to do better, uh, that will encourage you to seek those heights and get after it. Right. And, you know, you just reminded me, I was listening to, I forgot who someone else's podcast, probably Bigger Pockets podcast, and somebody was talking about multifamily and they started pursuing it and their, their whole family was rolling their eyes at them. And like, you know, plenty of other people were rolling their eyes and just like not believing or, or just doubting them. And then they started um, going, they started attending these meetups, these like weekly meetups. And sure enough, like that instilled in them, they came there and they saw like a full room of people that were pursuing the exact same thing that they were pursuing. And it instilled this like confidence. It's like, hey, I'm not going at this alone. I'm not the first person in the world that's going to make this happen. There are plenty, you know, there are millions of people that have done it before me. And currently there are thousands of people and you know, or maybe millions, there's thousands of people throughout the world. And in my meetup alone, there's plenty of people that are doing the exact same thing. And you can talk, you can brainstorm, you can bounce ideas off of them. So like, you're right. Like if you don't have the, the natural, you know, built-in family support system, you can find that support system somewhere else and still, you know, have that give you confidence going forward to, to be able to still be successful on your path. So I think that's, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like you said, it's been done before just because it may not have been done before in your family doesn't mean it, there's not somebody else out there. And I guarantee you there's somebody within uh, your city, if not your neighborhood that is pursuing this. And they're just a, a short walk away, a short drive away, a short phone call away, a short zoom call away. And uh, they can certainly provide you that support and confidence that you're looking for. Right, which, which is so important. I wanna talk a little bit about building a team um, or just your team, let's say for the, the deals that you're taking down. Um, we all know this is not a sport that, you know, for, for one person alone, this is something you need a team, you need a group of people together to mastermind, to, to take down a deal. Um, not for a single family, for a multifamily syndication, what are some key team players that everybody will need in order to take down a deal? That's a good question. Hmm. So obviously there's a lot of roles that uh, there's a lot of yeah roles and, and specific responsibilities that uh, you need on the team to accomplish these deals. Uh, whether one person fulfills each role or one person fulfills multiple roles, that's certainly up to, that, that's different across a variety of teams. In our case, I've got two partners uh, that we started our Fairwinds uh, Capital Investments company with, along with our property management company, uh, following C's property management, uh, both a play on nautical terms. The three of us 
do a lot of tag teaming. We each have our own preferences uh, that line up with our strengths. However, all three of us are able to jump into any of the roles in our team. And so if one person for whatever reason is unavailable or needs some sort of support in, in a particular setting, we're able to jump in and pretty much uh, run it pretty seamlessly from there. You know, a lot of other teams will choose to have one person dedicated to a particular role and that's their lane and nobody really crosses over. And that certainly helps when you're able to scale and focus and perhaps uh, if you're fortunate enough to break away from your W2, it's a lot easier to focus on one lane and get really good at that. I think it's tricky whenever you have to balance a W2 while you build your real estate portfolio and company. And in our case, uh, both my partners are also active duty. Well, one of them is retiring in about a week. So by the time this episode airs, he'll, he'll be very retired. And the other one has about three and a half more years left before he can retire. So for the three of us, it's been an interesting balance between active duty uh, as well as building our real estate company and portfolios. Uh, but in our case, tag teaming has been the trick. And we've learned that we absolutely need to uh, delegate slash hire on slash partner with a variety of other folks uh, like a, a marketing uh, director, uh, somebody to do our, our bookkeeping, somebody well inherently to do our legal work because we never want to do that in-house. We want a dedicated lawyer for that. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's the one I'll have to choose. If there's one uh, that you absolutely must be, uh, uh, one specific responsibility you need to be good at and absolutely have on a team as a lawyer for sure. Got it. And, you know, I, I think the term you used was tag teaming. And I think like what's interesting about that is like instead of each person having their specific role that they do and like they don't cross over into the other person's responsibilities, you're saying it's more like because you're all still active duty and you all need to be able to do a little bit of everything. And I think that's very good for just learning the process because I, I feel like if one partner does one thing completely and then you do something completely, like how do you know if he's you know doing his job right? How do you know if he's holding up his side of things? But if you all educate yourselves on every part of the real estate game enough to be able to step in and understand what your partners are doing, then you can all be able to keep tabs, I guess, in a good way on each other and make sure that everyone's doing theirs and you're all rowing in the same direction to be able to achieve your common goal. So I think that's actually like pretty smart. I know like it worked out just because of like where you guys are at in your career, but like, I think logically that that actually makes like a lot of sense. Uh, my follow-up question is like, when you're, when, when someone's picking a team, like how do they, how do they know that that person that they're about to like partner with or team up with, like that they have the same vision? How do they know that they're both moving in the same direction? Like, I don't know, like, I feel like that's something that can be a little tricky sometimes. Absolutely. And that's actually a, a question I've answered a few times recently uh, to folks that have reached out. I think the biggest, the, the first um, question you have to answer before you seek out a team is your own personal why. What is your mission statement? What is, what is driving you to wake up every day 
and work on your portfolio, build your company, build your business. For most people on top of their W-2, on top of having a family, on top of other uh, personal obligations, whenever you get to that point in the day where you're really tired, you're burning the candle on both ends, what is motivating you to continue building your portfolio in your company? When that why, when that mission statement is clear to you, it makes it that much easier to understand and, and vet other people that you're trying to align with. Because then you see their why, you see their mission statement in the work that they're doing and how, uh, how and when they're willing to communicate with you. And if you're able to line all of that up, you basically pre-vet the person before you jump on a deal because your mission statements align, your, your whys align, your, your flexibility aligns in terms of uh, your personal commitments and making time for growing your company, growing your real estate portfolio. If you can have all of that lined up beforehand, it makes it, I think, a lot easier to uh, set up your team and, and be on the same page. That's interesting because I feel like how are, how is anyone supposed to attract a partner um, that will work well with them and complement their skills if they don't know um, first about themselves, what direction they're headed in and what their strong points are, what their weaknesses are. So I think that's great advice um, to first like seek out what, what it is that you're trying to achieve, learn yourself, figure out what your vision is. And then naturally you'll just know when somebody is a good partner, a good fit, a good click for you or not. So that's pretty cool. My next question is you, you guys started building out your portfolio and then recently you guys decided to open your own property management company, um, assuming you're bringing your properties uh, in-house to manage on your own. Uh, what was the reason you decided that that would be a good idea? Um, why, why not outsource it to a third party property management? Great question. Uh, so we have actually used a third party property manager for the last few years of our portfolios. And we simply just got tired of having a lot of the same issues popping up. Uh, the most recent property manager we had used was, uh, is considered one of the best in the area and still didn't meet our standards of what we expect from a property manager, uh, both on the management side and from the tenant side. We had a lot of complaints from the tenants about uh, really basic issues. And it was a consideration. I mean, it's something we've wanted for a while already. And the time was right now that we had partnered, uh, the three of us, uh, Jonathan, Corey, and I, we'd been talking and thinking about starting this property management company for a while. And that was individually. And then once we came together on a deal and then from there started our, our real estate company the next natural step was to start the property management company and bring that in-house. Uh, we started that property management company about <clears throat> a little over a month ago. And uh, the first portfolio that the company is managing is actually uh, most of Corey's personal portfolio. There's about mm, 40, a little over 40 units in there, if, if I'm not mistaken. So that's just enough to get it started. We actually brought in a, a very experienced property manager from one of the companies that we used to work with. Uh, she was really what helped that company uh, keep going. And a lot of the other investors that we know in the area that use that company always raved about uh, this property manager. And she had mentioned to us that she was wanting to start her own company. 
and so we came together and, and uh, we're joint owners. Really excited about that. As we uh, ensure that our internal processes are up to our own standards, we're going to work on our portfolio first. And then as we grow up, we might consider expanding to uh, manage properties that aren't uh, ours. Uh, but the ultimate goal is really to focus on our own portfolios, both locally in Hampton Roads and as we grow to uh, really the coastal southeast uh, across the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. Right. And I feel like that owner's approach is something that every syndicator, every real estate entrepreneur complains about with property management. And not that there aren't any good ones. I'm sure there are. But it's that, that really a lot of them just don't have that owner's approach. And it's just it really hurts as, you know, the GP, as the syndicator, investor, whatever you are, to see your property just not being cared for at like maximum level. And so I can understand like the reason why you would want to bring that in-house. There are big discussions about this, whether to third party property management or to do it in-house. And the argument that the side that chooses to do third party, their argument is that they can scale quicker with acquisitions uh, when they uh, outsource this service to a third party property manager. So my question to you is, um, I know you guys are going in and acquiring properties. So what um, what have you found with that? Like, does that slow you up in any way? Or is there any way to continue at the same pace with acquisitions while doing in-house management? What would you say to that? It's absolutely a combination of the two. So we're continuing our growth while using third party property managers until we can have our in-house property management ready to scale at the speed that we're growing our portfolio. So th there's definitely value to both. And I think it's important to remember that your property management company doesn't mean that you are personally managing the properties. You are still running a business. And so you have to ensure that you run the property management company, not the management itself. So we still have a dedicated property manager actually handling the management we are overseeing her however she works directly for us and she's also a co-owner of the property management company so as we scale we're going to bring in more property managers and she'll be our our director of property management we're still in the infancy stages of growing our company we for maybe six months we should have all our processes uh, top notch and once those are ready we'll we'll start taking over some more properties in our portfolios as we expand across Hampton Roads. And then within a couple of years, we'll, we'll start having the property management catch up to our uh, external uh, offerings outside of the Hampton Roads area. Got it, got it. And um, last question before we move to the final four is when you're looking for your deals, I'm talking about the multifamily deals, um, what is it that you're looking for in a deal? So I would assume you're looking for value add, but like anything mm -hmm. specifically that you would look for in the deal, anything that makes you excited, anything that makes you feel like, oh, this is a good one or, you know, a specific, like something that you would see that would like really, you know, speak to the investors or your team or, you know, what, what is it that you're looking for? Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our general criteria is that we're looking for uh, class C, class B assets in uh, class B, moving on to class A areas, that delta. So we want that delta in the neighborhood that we can grow up to and meet, as well as we're looking for that delta where the 
owners simply aren't taking care of the property as they should. They're not efficient with managing the property. They're not uh, efficient in caring for the tenants and they're not efficient in keeping up with market rents. And all three of those provide opportunities for value add plays. And that's exactly what we target. Got it. So any sort of serious uh, distress of the property, either from the owner or, you know, to the tenants or to the actual, uh, you know, property or whatever it is itself like that, I guess, you know, that would be something that would scream out opportunity for you guys Absolutely. that would make you, you know, happy to do the deal. Um, okay, excellent. So let's move on to the final four. This is more rapid uh, question answer type. Um, you sort of touched on this a little bit before, but you didn't really get into it. What is your, what is your why? My why, my why is to make this world a better place. And I want to free up uh, my time. I want to provide myself with the financial opportunities so that I can focus on uh, providing my time, my value uh, to local communities, to cities all over the US, uh, neighborhoods all around the world where I can be of value as a leader. Um, as a landlord, as a human, whatever that means, whether it's jumping into uh, humanitarian relief opportunities and just being present there as long as I want and as long as I'm needed uh, without worrying about things at home, without worrying about my financial situation at home, or just being able to serve on a board of a nonprofit and being able to dedicate uh, experience and a new perspective and a younger perspective uh, as well as leadership um, in that kind of setting and impact that neighborhood in a very direct way. I feel like your, your why is, is so crystal clear and like pre-thought out. And I'll just, I'll share something. The first time I connected with Vadim, um, he asked me what my why is and it didn't sound anything like this. It was more like a jumble of words and trying to figure it out on the spot as I go. And um, he basically tore me, tore me apart. <laughs> And since then, I really have been like thinking hard, you know, like, what is my why? What really is my why? And like, I feel like once you get that more clear, once you get like that crystal clear picture of what your why is, um, it doesn't surprise me like to see your success. Like after you know exactly what it is that you're chasing, why you're here, what you're after, like it becomes, you know, really easy to achieve those levels of success. So yeah, 100% like that is, you know, it's really cool that, that you have that clear picture and it definitely, uh, started rubbing off on me and I'm still working on my why, but you're, you're the one that inspired it. So <laughs> appreciate that. Honored to be an inspiration. Yes. And uh, all right, next question. What is your favorite book? Oh, that's a good question. There's quite a few. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is an easy one. Um, it's the, right, it's the entrepreneur's Bible. It's, it's the purple Bible. Um, it, it is very illuminating to see that traditional success, which I'm sure a lot of us are taught, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a nice job, go to college, uh, get a STEM degree and go into a STEM field and earn a six figure salary and stay at that job for as long as possible. That is a very old school mentality. And there are so many more opportunities for success outside of that framework. And I think that book does a, a really good job of uh, illuminating the different opportunities that we can have to achieve success 
uh, in a variety of ways, but also much sooner than the traditional uh, path of, okay, go to school, okay, go get a good job, okay, get a good degree, okay, get another good job, keep promoting, and then maybe in 30, 40, 50 years, you'll be able to retire. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I was just thinking, like, if not for that book, right, I feel like 50% of, like, entrepreneurs would not be entrepreneurs today. Like, that book is, is solely responsible for so many people, like, shifting that mindset and getting out there and, like, taking that leap and like really just taking action. And like, it's just a really, really cool thing that it's that one book that has changed so many people's lives. It's just a fascinating, fascinating book. And um, it's been a while since I read it. I think it was my first business book overall mm -hmm. as well. Um, and this was years ago. So I got I to gotta circle back to that one and uh, read that one again. Um, all right, what advice um, would you give somebody just getting started in real estate? What's the number one best thing that they can do right now? determine that why what's your mission statement what is driving you to jump into real estate uh, when that is crystal clear to you uh, you'll figure out how to get to your destination along the way got it love that i love how you're staying consistent with that um okay what is your favorite hobby my favorite hobby uh real estate in a way really um when you love what you, what you do, it's not a job, right? So I love uh, being in real estate. I love growing the portfolio. I love growing the company. And so I don't see it as work. I mean, I'll stay up uh, real late, get five, six hours of sleep before having to go to my Navy job. Uh, in fact, I'll even do a lot of my real estate work um, at my Navy job, which isn't necessarily kosher, but that's okay. I'm leaving the Navy anyways. <laughs> Uh, I, won't, I won't tell anyone. Um, I appreciate it. And when you do something that you're willing to just throw hours at a project like that and the time flies by and everyone you talk to and everyone you talk with and learn from uh, just makes it all that uh, all the more enjoyable. I mean, that's a hobby to me. And the, the icing on the cake is that I make money from it. So. I mean, you call it a job, you call it a hobby, whatever you want to call it. I love it. Right. That's, that's super cool. Um, where can people reach you? They can reach me uh, at Vadim at fwcinvestments.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Vadim Ray. Uh, yeah, between those two, you should be able to hit me up. Okay, awesome. Well, Vadim, thank you very much. Thanks for joining. This was a great conversation. You shed a lot of light um, into a lot of topics. I specifically enjoyed um, the why, the, the crystal clear why, and like how the importance of that um, and the correlation between that and someone achieving success. So definitely appreciate you sharing all that and you know joining us and wishing you lots of future success going forward. Thanks, Benny. Looking forward to helping you succeed as well. Thank you, man. Take care. All right.